One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. So excited to have you guys along with us uh, for this ride. Um, you know, if, if you listened to last week's show, um, you know, I was just coming off of the International Maxwell Certification on fire. I'm still feeling that passion, that, that kind of, um, you know, personal high that I get from, from the event. And, and I couldn't wrap up everything in, in one episode. So, so I had to go to a part two. So we're going we're gonna to be talking today about uh, the IMC still uh, and just kind of do a, a, a part two. Um, and I want to kind of just dive right on in because um, I got a lot to process. And so when, one, of, one of the quotes um, that, that hit me during this event was, was where, you know, John had said, you, you really got to celebrate, you know, where you've been. You, you don't want to look to the past too much, but you can look to the past um, so that you, you can kind of let your leadership growth catch up to you. And I feel like leadership growth and what we do when, when we're on a personal growth journey is, is much like, um, you know, watching our kids grow up in the sense that, you know, if, if you, you see them every day, you don't really, you can notice they're getting taller, you can notice they're, you know, they're, they're growing up, but um, it's not a very drastic change, it's day by day. Uh, but when you come in and out, like somebody hasn't seen, you know, your child for six months, they, they, they're like, wow, look how much taller they are, you know. Um, and I think personal growth is the same way. We, as our own individuals in processing this, we, we, we don't see the, the day-to-day sometimes, um, but we have to listen and react to others um, when, when they start telling us that they've noticed a change, or, you know, you're handling this better, that kind of stuff. It, it, it's good to have a step back and, and pause. And I, I did that just this, this recent week. Um, on how I handled a, a situation with a client. Um, and, and I'm going to tell the story. I'm, I'm always vulnerable with you guys. I'll, I'll tell you the story. So I had a client, things were going well, um, had a, a very directive executive leader, kind of the sponsor of the whole thing. Um, and, you know, she's very direct. She's very intimidating. And most of her people w- won't talk to her. They're, they're afraid to say anything to her. And I was kind of pointing some of those things out. and. Um, I, I used a, a, I, I used a phrase that that I'd actually heard probably about thirty times during my visit there, um, but we were talking about celebrating the team, and I was like, "Look, we've got to be you know cheerleaders. We got to be rah rah at times, and there's times where we have to get to work. And this session that we're about to do, we we need it to be a rah rah session. We we need to be really pouring into them and thanking them for the effort." And she she immediately said, "You know, don't you know who I am?" And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know who I'm talking to. And she's like, um, you, you, you obviously don't understand where I sit in the organization. And I was like, no, no, I do. And um, so, so uh, I get a call the next day from, uh, from one of the other executives letting me know she was upset. And I was like, I, I understand. I, I, I'm not sure what upset her, but I'm happy to apologize, happy to make amends and, and get the communication working again. So I sent an email and apologized and, and, uh, asked for some time with her, uh, when I came back on site and, um, when I showed back up on site, she, she declined to meet with me. And then the next week I was told I was being let go. And, and the reason is that 
Um, I, I don't like uh, the strong, powerful women. That's the case that was built. And I, if you know my inner circle and if you know the people that are special to me, that's, that's the most ludicrous thing you could say. But here's the growth point. Um, I didn't try to defend it. I didn't try to change anybody's mind. I did, you know, at that point, um, when they went that direction, all they told me is that I wasn't the coach for them, but at the same time, um, that, uh, you know, she, she just doesn't like having her, her, her boundaries challenged, um, from a leadership perspective, which I absolutely was doing, but I certainly wasn't calling her a cheerleader or saying that she needs to be a cheerleader with all the negative connotation that she took. So if that would have happened to me five years ago, I would have been over the top and trying to get in touch with her and sending her emails to, to let her know that, you know, this isn't how I think and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. But it, it, look, I wasn't going to change the mind. I, I wasn't going to change the mindset. It is what it is. So I just accepted it. It didn't even, you know, I, I was bothered that, that, you know, I'm losing a client and, and there's a lot of great people there that we were doing great work with, but I, I, I wasn't bothered by the accusation. And, and I really had to take a step back and, and grow from that um, and understand how much I've grown in terms of how I would handle a situation like that. It, it, it was a convenient excuse that was used. It was, um, again, it's, it's not true by any means, but, you know, there's no reason to go try to change her mind on that because it, it would be a fruitless battle. Um, and, and so what's interesting is... Um, you know, I've got very special people in my life, uh, very special people that uh, that mean the world to me. And, and I have different people that hold me a different, you know, accountable in different ways. And I have a journaling partner. Um, somebody's very, very dear to me. And, and um, one of the things that we were talking about, uh, you know, we, we ask each other questions in, in the journal to, to just kind of help us process feelings. And you know, one of the questions is, you know, what made you smile the, the biggest today? And one of the questions is, you know, were you angry? Were you upset? And, um, I even caught myself there in the sense that, um, nothing really made me angry this week. I was completely fulfilled. I was in a super heart mindset. I have, um, just wonderful people that are pouring into me. And, and so there's no reason to be angry. So, but, um, again, you, you, you go back six, seven, eight, nine years in the past. And, you know, I'd be mad if somebody cut me off uh, on the drive in, I'd be angry that, um, you know, somebody didn't like my idea and, and it, it's, it, it's a true sign that, you know, anger and um, being upset and giving people your energy that don't deserve it is, is a complete waste of time. Um, but I, I didn't really recognize that growth within myself until that situation happened in, until that person, you know, said something that was offensive to me. Um, but just recognizing, yeah, you're not there. You're not ready to, to, to move forward. The, the end of that story, though, which was kind of hard for me to process as well, is after they informed me that they, they were letting me go, they asked me back for a week uh, to close out some items. And um, they, the client, I had a couple of executives take me out for, to dinner and apologize to me and, and tell me you know, that, that, that they really wish there was a different decision. I had the whole team take me out to dinner and they went around the table and told me, you know, thank you. And, and, you know, they hate that I was leaving and really wish that we could finish some of the work that we're doing. And, and that's, that was kind of the point of me. So if I got angry, blew things up, uh, they asked me to come back for a week and you say, you know, forget you, man, you, you, no way I'm out. You're crazy. Um, 
I would have I would have lost that opportunity to have that connection with some of these people um, to to finish things out. And so, you know, I, I I look at my mindset right now because of IMC. I look at my my mindset through personal growth, and it really does um, make a tremendous difference to to really focus on working on you and working on your blind spots, right? It, uh, I give you an example of that. Uh, I, I used the joke just a second ago. The analogy of of I used to get mad I, in traffic. I would be like the first person to get in the lane that I was supposed to be in, and then you yeah, you know, just kind of dealt with it. And those people that come in at the last second, and then they just cut you off. Right? I used to get so angry. Like sometimes, like I would be aggressive with it, so I wouldn't let them in because I was mad. And what went through my head, what what actually was physically going through my brain was. Do, do you believe that person thinks they're more important than I am? And, and I get mad and I'd be mad for like 30 minutes. That is the dumbest thing in the world. That was the dumbest thing in the world. First of all, let's unpack that statement. It was a very irrational thought. Does that person think that they're more important than me? No. Did they cheat the system? Maybe. Maybe they really just didn't know that that was the place to exit or why the backup was happening. Who knows? But it takes me a, a half a second to let them in, and then everybody's on their merry way. Versus, I was being kind of aggressive. I could, yeah, I, I used to think, you know, you're going to have to hit me to come over. W- what would that accomplish? How how cool would that be? And so, the, my other point to that is thinking that they're more important. To me, it's like they're driving up car by car, going, "Do I know that person? No, no. Do I know that person? No. Oh, there's Rick Morris. Yeah, I'm I'm more important than him." cut me off, right? It, it's such a dumb, irrational thought, but it, 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 it's what I thought and it would affect my mood. It would affect um, my, my thinking capacity, my mental capacity. And uh, it, it's just, it, it's just unreal. So this was a, a big turning point for me um, this whole week, how I handled that situation. And so I started to then reflect on that and, uh, you know, another John quote came to mind is, is, you know, you, you become the sum or the average or the culmination, whatever you want to use uh, of the five closest people in your circle, the, the five people. And, and he also challenges if, if you're the smartest one in that circle, then you're in the wrong circle. You, you need to surround yourself with people that are better than you. They're smarter than you, um, that, that can, that can drive you to growth. And so I remember doing a post on Facebook when I was sitting there um, at, at IMC. And, you know, I've done this twice now on Facebook. And you can follow me at Facebook at Ricky Morris. But I did it twice, um, once when I was at Leader Shifts in March and once, you know, here at this IMC. And I just looked at, at, at the table that I was surrounded with. And, and it was uh, kind of, you know, all of my inner circle. But you, you look at the, you know, Deb Esslinger was there. Marissa Nelson was there. Um, Marissa has been on the show. Uh, Mark McAuliffe has been on the show. He was there. Sharique Griffin was there. Um, and, uh, you had Paul Gustafson who's been on the show and, and, and he and I've got some pretty exciting things in the works right now, along with Mike Harbor, um, Mike Wiglin and, and Rick Spees who do such a great job at organizing the ambassadors. That, that was my table. And you just kind of have to take a step back from time to time and go that I am they, they are all smarter and better than I am and, and blessed to, to, to be able to call them friends. Um, but it was just unbelievable 
um, that realization. So, so I challenge you with that. I mean, you're, 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 who, who are the five people outside of your family? We, we got to be fair to that outside of my family. Um, who are the five people that you kind of surround yourself with the most and let speak into you the most. And based on who those people are is really going to be a determination of, of what your next step is and, and where you're going to go. Um, so I'm going to continue to tell some of these stories and some of these reflections as I've had more time now uh, to, to reflect on IMC um, throughout this show. But uh, it's, it's time for a break at the moment. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and uh, let the commercials run. Uh, while uh, we're on break, though, check me out at rsquaredconsulting.com, rickamorris.com. Find me on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. And we're back for our second segment during March Madness, for, for crying out loud. If you're, if you're not watching basketball, then hopefully you're listening to the show. And, and we're unpacking the, the IMC experience. And, you know, this has become a tradition on the show that uh, I, I just discuss feelings and, and quotes and things that I found out during the International Maxwell Certification. And uh, this event was just, there were so many things that were so meaningful to me that we had it to do, we had to do it in two shows. So uh, if you haven't heard last week's show, you can visit voiceamerica.com, find it there. We're, we're on all your favorite podcasting uh, platforms. So whichever way that you get your podcast, you can even ask Alexa to play the uh, work-life balance and, and she'll answer you. Um, but uh, coming back to, to this piece, there's a couple of things I wanted to unpack there. So uh, kind of comments I made, but, but want to talk about them a little bit deeper. First is, is having accountability partners. Um, and so I, I, I spoke about, you know, a, a person that's very dear to me, um, that we, we journal each other and, uh, um, the, the point of doing that is number one, you, you know, you want to create a habit and, and have a habit of doing something, you know, every you know, for 30 days and, and become a habit. Journaling is, is one of the greatest ways to be able to go back and read through your, your journals and your things to, to not only remember stories, but to, to be able to chart your growth. It's really kind of one of the few ways that, that you can read back and go, wow, I don't, I don't even remember reading that or I don't remember feeling that way or, you know, I would handle that differently now. Um, but having, having to tell that story to somebody else, you know, grows accountability. So we all have things that, that you know, we say we want to do and, and everything worthwhile in life is uphill. So you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to change a habit. So for me, there, there's some eating habits that, that I needed to change and I had to have an accountability partner and, uh, I need to get writing, um, in a deeper way. Um, and so I went and got a, a, a journal accountability partner and, um, it, it's just, it's just the, the way it works. But the, the other thing is, is that we can see into each other's comments, um, and make connections that the other person wasn't making. So, um, you know, that I was able to connect a, a story of hers to a passion of hers and, and kind of show it in a new light, which generates a new idea. Uh, she challenged me on a, a couple of my comments to, to think through it or ask some different questions, and it made me see it in a different light. And that's that's the important thing. Um, so, you know, I went from having, you know, one coach to I have like six accountability partners now uh, that, that, that helps out. But I, I can't um, tell you how important that is to have somebody um, that you can count on, that you can trust, um, that, that'll help you, you know, reach those goals. Um, and you have to make sure, and in this case, it's true that the, that the person you're journaling is, is smarter than you. Um, that's, that, that's a must. Um, and so that, that, that's what I went and did. Um, one of the, one of the special stories I, you know, I, I wanted to tell last week and I just ran out of time. And, and she's been on her show. If you haven't seen or heard the podcast with Marissa Nielsen talking about financial freedom, um, you absolutely need to, to catch that show. She's, um, she's amazing, a great burst of energy. And we've become great friends over the years. Um, and my, my favorite moments at IMC are, are the moments that happen um, in, in the socializing time, in, in, in the times that, 
you know, you weren't expecting it. So you're in learning, you're in learning, you kind of release. And at this point, the, the, the thing was over. This is the, the, the last night um, that we're there. Most of us are leaving uh, the next morning. Um, and so we're, we're at a, our, our normal place that, that we hang out. And Marissa brought her lovely daughter um, to, to say hi. It's the first time I was meeting her daughter. And um, I was in an especially good mood. You know, I just had, you know, you're, you're kind of getting the, getting over the whole, um, all the trainings and sessions and that kind of stuff. And we're just letting loose, having fun. And I was just teasing, uh, Marissa in front of her daughter. And, and, um, there's a thing I do, and I've talked about it before about, um, honoring my father and, and, and how I pick up checks for people. And it's a way for me to, to, to keep his memory alive and it's a way to pay things forward. So I was picking up the check for, uh, Marissa's daughter and Marissa was trying to pay for it. And I, and I shushed her in a funny way. It sounds bad, but we were, we were playing around and she was trying to get the server not, not to take my card. And I, I put my hand over her mouth and I was just like, shh, it's okay. It's okay. And her daughter lost it. She started laughing, had a good time. So it was just a, it was an innocent interaction. We had a lot of fun with it. We were all playing around. We were in a very hyper and good mood. Um, and her, her daughter leaves and Marissa sits me down and says, you, you have no idea, my friend. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, my daughter uh, has been going through a very, very rough time. Uh, and she's been through a, a deep depression um, that, that she's been dealing with. And she said uh, that was the first time that she'd seen her daughter smile or laugh that big in like three months. And of course, that put me to tears. Um, and I kept asking her to stop because I didn't want to cry. But um, it turned into just a really, really powerful moment. And, and I tell that story and I tell that story with permission uh, from Marissa. Um, that just you being you and you doing you, um, can, can provide a spark in somebody else that, that you don't even know. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know that she was in a depression. I didn't know she was sad and it didn't matter. Um, but, uh, just through the, the, the normal interactions of people and just, you know, you kind of letting whatever your gift is, and, and my gift is is to be gregarious and have fun in social situations, make people laugh. Um, what, whatever your gift is, you got to let it come out, and, and you can't suppress it. And um, you know, again, being vulnerable and honest, the, the the two months I think leading up to IMC, I wasn't in my best headspace. Right? We all we all have seasons in our life. We all have moments of, of brilliance and flash. And, and, and then we have our moments where um, we're very insecure. We, we tell ourselves a lot of negative things and, and we believe what we say to ourselves. And I was just letting a lot of those negative thoughts through and, and it started to affect my performance. It started to affect uh, my business. It, 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 and I felt this trailing and, and I got super recharged again at IMC, which is, which is what I love about it. But, um, but I even experienced that. And uh, it, it's the littlest things. It's the smallest things. Um, you know, I, I, I keep saying that, that there's my, my journaling partner, but there's, it's just the smallest things um, that were said or that happened or, um, you know, just even, even the way they greet you um, makes a huge impact. And, and it really can, can recharge uh, someone's soul. Um, in, in, you know, Christian says that, that we don't have souls. We are ones. We, we are souls. And, and I thought that was an amazing thought, but 
when, when people pour in unselfishly to you um, and they really have your best interest, are, are, are there tons of people out there that are going to take advantage of you? Of course. Um, but there's, there's those few that are just far in, in, you know, in between that, that really have no agenda um, other than seeing you be successful and seeing you be your best self. Um, and so it's so important to, to identify those people and let them speak in and bring them into your circle of five. Um, because that, that's, what's going to make things, uh, better. One of the other stories, um, that I enjoyed was, was Deb Esslinger and we got to get Deb on the show. You guys, the, the audience needs to hear Deb Esslinger. Um, she, uh, had the opportunity of introducing John on stage at the last, uh, the last event, which, which can be profoundly nerve wracking for people. I mean, you're grabbing a microphone on stage in front of 3000 people introducing one of the greatest communicators in the world, right? It, 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 that's a daunting task. Um, but she had a very personal story, um, where, you know, she had come through, um, a, an abusive alcoholic father. She talks about, um, she used to have, um, she used to, to have her shoes, um, uh, on or by the window in case she had to, uh, to slip out in the middle of the night to, to be safe. And, uh, her biggest thing was, you know, that there was that lack of love. And John does this thing from stage, uh, from time to time where he'll just point at somebody and say, I love you. And I love you. And I love you. And he happened to point to Deb right when Deb needed it almost to, to the impact to her as if he was saying it directly to her at the time. Um, and because of that, she had the courage to, to, to go challenge her father um, in the last few months and, um, they ended up having their, their best relationship ever, um, was those last four or five months. And, and he passed away like four months, I think after IMC, um, and, and she credits the, the, the Maxwell team and John and, and that unconditional love, um, to having the strength to be able to have that conversation to repair the relationship with her father. You know, you, when you're in that room for as long as we're in that room and, in you know, three days with all these people, there's so many stories like that, um, that just shows the power of unconditional love, right? Not love with conditions, not love. If you give me this, or I'll like you, if you do this for me, or, you know, just unconditionally valuing people and loving people, um, that can, can transform lives. And, and I can honestly say, um, that, that mine has been transformed and, and continues to be transformed, uh, to, to, you know, every day now, every day, um, something seems to happen. So we're going to take another break right here. I want to talk about my buddy, Jesse Smith, when we come back, um, and a couple of others and, uh, just share some more of these insights that, that I picked up personally. Uh, and then I'll finish with, uh, uh, some more of my favorite quotes that came out of it. So you're listening to Rick Morris and the work-life balance. We'll be right back after this break. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot 
is suddenly not. Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CA PPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CA PPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Friday afternoon. For us, it's the uh, Friday before spring break, so my kids are, are ecstatic. Um, I, you know, I... Just a side note, side conversation. I pick up my son um, every day that I'm home. That's it's just something you know I wanted to do to be to be a present father, and um, he knows that that I have the radio show, and he, he gets out of school at, at three seventeen. We live like three minutes from the school, um, but if you, if you don't get out before the buses run, then you know it's three thirty five, three forty sometimes before we're we're getting back to the house. Um, and so he always tries to hurry, and you know we start the show at four o'clock live, and. Uh, he he was like the second kid out of school today, just sprinting. And it was so funny because he was like in the car at 318, something like that. I was like, wow, son, I, this, this is a first. This never happened. He was like, thank goodness it's spring break. And I was like, oh, so it wasn't, wasn't me at the radio show. I get it. Yeah, it's a spring break and he's pumped um, to, to to spend some time. But, um, you know, one of the concepts that that I was sharing with some people at IMC is is what we call our man days. Um, and it started when you know he was young, and and my wife and daughter will, will sleep in, and normally I'm traveling, and so you know errands and things that pile up, and so I used to get up early on Saturday mornings and just knock all that stuff out. Um, and I just asked him one day, I was like, "You want to go, you know, have a man day?" And he was like, "What's that?" And I was like, "That's where we're going to go run all the errands Daddy has to do, and maybe you and I'll grab lunch." And um, that's turned into kind of one of his favorite traditions. So he asked me all the time when when we're going to have one of those days. So we've got a special day planned next week uh, to to knock that out. I wanted to talk about uh, my buddy Jesse Smith, um, which you're going to hear a lot more about because because Jesse and I've got some big things in the works. 
together. But um, if, if you haven't heard the name before, you don't know who he is. We had him on the show, I believe, in February. Um, and he was the the dancer and choreographer, singer. And we were talking about what it was like to be in the entertainment industry. Um, and so uh, we have this this kind of dance team thing. Um, but essentially, you know, when you run a large event, the, the, the very first thing you want to do is set the energy of a room. And so very intentionally, we, we, we do that, you know, when, when you're coming in for eight hours of training, you know, you, you got to have energy lifts at some point. And so when we open the doors, we create it as a big experience to open the doors and have people come on into the room. And we've got, you know, music blaring, and there's pom-poms going everywhere and, and there's dance team. And it used to be just, you know, volunteer first. It used to be anybody who wanted to jump up on stage and kind of dance around, they could. Um, but it starts to become kind of a, a, a safety thing. Um, and so they they came up with this concept of a dance team. And, and the great Inga Rock started the, the dance team. And Inga's been on our show as well. Um, and then they realized that, hey, we've got this guy who danced for Justin Timberlake and for Rihanna and for several other people. You know, why is he not <laughs> leading our dance team? And so they made that shift. Um, and this was the first IMC where, where Jesse was in charge of that. Um, and uh, he did a phenomenal job and, and is now, you know, the rock star of IMC that the poor guy can't walk down the hallway um, without getting pulled in, in several different directions. But um, why, why I tell this story, it, it was a nice little dovetail. But, you know, I got started in the entertainment industry in Orlando in the hotel we're at. We're actually at the Orlando Marriott World Center. And um, the, that center is the largest Marriott in the world. And so he, he is the first person that hits the stage and then Paul gives a microphone and he kind of tells a story and they, they asked him, you know, why is this hotel important to you? And when he was, you know, young and, and up and coming performer, there was a, there was an audition that was at that hotel and he basically saved up his last penny. I, I believe he even slept in the car, um, before this audition and that audition, you know, changed his life, gave him opportunities, moved him out to LA, all that stuff. So he has a special place. So it's, it's kind of weird for him, um, to, to be in that room. And so the, the next thing that happens right after that is the hug demo. And that's, that's where I get on stage and, and do goofy stuff with Paul. Uh, and then he gives me the microphone for a minute and, and, you know, I had something there, but something popped in my head. You never give a high eye, a microphone in, in a room full of 3000 people. But, uh, I started off going, you know, I, I have a special connection to this hotel. I, I too, danced on this stage. Um, I said, now it, it was my high school prom, right? But, uh, yeah, maybe the same thing as Jesse. But it was a nice um, transition point uh, to, to be able to do that. So, Jesse, we've actually invited um, to be with us for the, the Mickey Mouse Club reunion, which is, you know, it, it seems uh, like we've been talking about this forever, but it, we're into the single digits uh, a weeks away um, from running that event as as part of, you know, it's our event and and, and we're part of Megacon now in Orlando. Uh, but we're bringing Jesse down to to help work that event and, and meet some of the, the people on that side of my life and, and see if we can't uh, pull some things out. But he's he is a phenomenal dude um, and uh, a lot of great energy. And it's Jesse is J-E-S-S-E -S -S -E Smith. Just look him up uh, because he's doing phenomenal things, specifically um, with youth. So um, we're excited about that. Um, I have to give a shout out to, to Jim and Teresa Crothers as well. Jim, Jim Crothers is, is, is one of the nicest people you'll meet. And, and then he, he married above him with Teresa. She's just, she's just a doll. 
And um, Jim actually runs our, our JM Touch uh, team. And so, um, you know, about a year ago, I, I think it's just almost a year now, you know, my best friend, um, best man in my wedding uh, passed away unexpectedly. And um, I had brought him to, to JMT a couple of times. And so he had a lot of friends there. And I, I reached out to, to three or four people that I knew were, were contacting him a lot uh, just to let them know. And, and I didn't really want, you know, all the condolences. You, you know, I'm, I'm not the one that's going to face a, you know, put a Facebook post out like that, that, that announces, you know, my heartbreak. It's just something I deal with internally. Um, but I get a phone call from Jim Crothers and it was just the sweetest um, phone call um, with, with so much love and, and understanding and, and everything else. It was just incredible. And so it endeared me even more to him. I already liked him. Um, but the, the way he handled that situation was just beautiful. And uh, they've really started to come in, into my awareness more and more um, in terms of, of, you know, social situations and that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the story is irrelevant, but with, with Teresa and, and Sheree Griffin, um, I probably had one of the hardest uh, belly laughs that I've had in like a year. I mean, we we got to 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 picking on each other and messing with each other, and and we all got the giggles. So we all started to 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 dive all in onto the giggles and uh, turned into full on belly laugh to the point that 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 when I laughed the next day, my my stomach was sore. It was incredible. Um, but um, they're just such great people, Jim provided me at the last IMC with one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. So they had given us little candies on the table and I had to step out of the room for a second. And when I come back, um, the candy wrappers open and uh, there's a post-it note on it that says, I have sinned Jim Crothers. <laughs> and he points to the uh, open, had, had an arrow up to the uh, open wrapper telling, telling me he ate my piece of chocolate. Uh, and that was just, it's, it's time and place. That was one of the funniest things that happened. So I took a picture and I posted that to Facebook and, and, and publicly shamed him for eating my candy candy, but, uh, just salt of the earth people. Um, and Bob and Nancy Kittredge as well, right? We've, we've talked about them quite a bit on the show and, and I'm going to have a show, uh, in, in the upcoming future with the, the both of them on, um, but just incredible people. Um, so full of love, so full of uh, energy, um, changing the world, you know, day by day. And this is what I mean by the the, the circle and, and, and the people that I'm surrounded with. When I did that post on Facebook, I was referencing the post that I did at the table, but I referenced one that I did at Leaderships. Uh, and when I posted Leaderships, it, you know, it was Bob, it was Nancy. Um, I had Sharik Griffin, I had Norma Zambrano, I had Amy Maglin. Um, just this, this incredible circle of people around me during that event, um, it's the first time I really took a step back and, and Bob and Nancy's kind of been there, um, every step of the way with us and, and love them for it. And of course, then there's Cherie. Um, we gotta get Cherie on the show as well. I'll get her on the show. Um, but she was kind of the first person that really took me in at, at JMT. I'd met some, some nice people and, and was building some social circles and that kind of stuff, but Kind of once you meet Cherie, it it, it it goes all downhill from there. So um, it is just, it, she's an unbelievable person. She's been a great friend. Um, and it, she, she helps me talk to my kids better. Um, I'll, I'll be upset or something will happen and I'll call her for her perspective. And I actually um, 
got an opportunity to introduce my daughter to her and said, you know, you need to thank this lady. And she's like, why? And I was like, cause if she would have let me done do half the things that was in my brain, you, you'd be mad at me forever. Um, but she, uh, she really kind of speaks into me and, and helps me understand perspective, um, with expectations and things that, that, you know, I, I want for my kids. So, um, she of course is, is, um, attached at the hip. She'll be at the Mickey Mouse Club too. So if you're, if you're coming to the Mickey Mouse Club reunion, um, and that's MickeyMouseClubReunion.com, uh, that's happening May, she'll, she'll be there as well. Um, and, uh, helping out, uh, with Jesse and as well as a few other special guests. So, um, that's that I, I'm going to wrap that up on, on kind of the people conversation side. Now I'm going to, uh, finish out a break here. And then, uh, when we come back, I'll, I'll share with you some of my favorite quotes, um, that, that I took at this session and then we'll wrap up this show here and, uh, we'll enjoy our own work-life balance. So we're going to take a break right here, run some commercials. You're listening to Rick Morris on the work-life balance. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile. And there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our final segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon. Um, you know, we've been processing. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. It's taken me two whole shows, but I, but, but I think I'm done processing uh, emotions, people, that kind of stuff that, um, that, uh, that happened at this, this past IMC. It took two shows this time, though. Uh, but I did want to share some of my favorite quotes. A couple of them I've already used uh, this week. Um, you know, uh, so, so Carly Fiorina w- was there, and she, she gave us a special session uh, in, in mentorship. A couple of the, uh, the quotes that I wrote down for her. One was, uh, problems are like Tootsie Rolls. You have to break through the hard stuff to get through to the good stuff. I thought that was a pretty good one. And, and I even heard people debating that. They're like, is she talking about Tootsie Pop or Tootsie Roll? We're talking about when Tootsie Roll gets hard, right? And you got to kind of break through that, that outer shell to get to the good stuff. That, that's what problems uh, are like to her. Um, I think my all-time favorite quote uh, was, don't sell your soul because nobody will pay you back. And I thought th- that was just profound to me. Um, and and I, I brought this up in a conversation. I was talking to somebody about the entertainment industry and how quickly um, people will will switch camps or, or leave you high and dry. Or or once the money starts rolling in, they they, they you know, they don't honor their commitments and it's pervasive in that industry more, more than anywhere else that I've seen. Um, and that quote just stuck with me for that. So don't, don't sell your soul because nobody will pay you back. Um, uh, John, um, John talks a lot about, you know, action and, 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 you know, going after things and, and, but he also talks about uh, a mindset in how you think. And he says the widest gap is between, between successful and unsuccessful people is how they think. And that's, um, that's why he, he wrote that book. Um, but the interesting thing is, is by the time you've taken action, you've already determined if you're going to be successful. And, and that's the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is, is when they're taking action, they're going, I don't, I, I'm going to do this, but I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. Right. Versus successful people go, I, I know it's going to work. It may not be perfect, but I know it's going to work. And uh, I may have to tweak it, but, but it's going to work. This, this, this is going to happen. And, and by the time you take that action, you, you've already determined, um, you know, how things are, 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 are going to go. And so, that, that dovetails into another quote that says, you, if, you, if you change the way you look at things, the things that we see change. And I, I, I know that for sure, because again, I was talking about the two months up, uh, up until IMC where things weren't going well. So all I saw was just all the negative stuff that was happening. Um, and coming out of this IMC and being so fulfilled and, and just, you know, my heart is, is truly full. I, I'm seeing all the possibilities again. I'm seeing all the opportunities again. I'm, I'm seeing the way uh, that I can impact people. Um, and so change the way you look at things and the things that we see change. Um, he also says, what I believe about life will determine what I achieve, which will determine what I receive in life. So what I believe leads to what I achieve which leads to what I receive from life. Um, and it, it, 
com- completely incredible. Um, you know, these things just, um, just did it. And, you know, he, he has this way of telling stories. I'm, I, I, I'm going to steal this story directly from John. Um, just fair warning and, and all that. But he, he was talking about um, a friend that he had gone to, to lunch with. And, and his friend was talking about taking his son for some McDonald's French fries. And, uh, you know, he, he bought, bought the little sack of fries, brought it to his son, and he, he went to go have some with his son. And his son was like, no, the, those are mine. Right. And, and, you know, he, he reflected on that and, and started to, th- and, and, and in John's beautiful way, he started to derive lessons from a simple story like that. And so he's talking to his friend and they, they were determining kind of the three things, um, you know, of the mindset of mine, you know, what is mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. And uh, he said, first, you know, the, the son didn't understand where it came from. Right. His, his father went up to the counter and bought him and brought it to him. So they came from somebody else. Um, so he doesn't understand where it comes from uh, is why, you know, he thinks it's it's mine is mine. Um, the, the other thing was, you know, he doesn't understand. The son doesn't understand that the father can just take the fries back. Right. He bought them. There's no entitlement to the son. He says, uh, you know, he doesn't understand that that he could just take it back. He could take it from it. And the the third thing that they came up with was he he doesn't understand that that the father didn't need him. All he wanted to do was share. And you know, I I look back at some of the moments with my kids and in in some some of those situations, um, and I, I just I felt like that was profound. And he said essentially the the people that operate with you know what's mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. Um, are, are selfish people. And he says, self, selfish people always end up cheating themselves out of, out of the experiences of life. Um, and, and, you know, he, he turned that into to a biblical lesson as well. And it was just, it was beautiful to, to be there, but it, it, it meant the world uh, to me. Um, the other thing, uh, Dr. Uh, Cialdini uh, came in and was talking about persuasion and talking about ethical influence and how to influence, you know, people specifically around sales. Um, and, you know, he, a couple of the quotes I wrote down from him was focus, focus away from the cost and on the, the quality of the offer. Right. So do, do you have a cost mindset or do you have an abundance mindset and being able to, to help them understand that? Um, but, but one, one thing, and I actually, I, I went through this on, on the, the first show um, make sure you listen to that first show and, and it'll tie all this stuff together. Um, but the, the last one uh, that I really want to share, and then it's, it, it's time to, to, to call it a day on this show. Um, he, he was talking, this was profound to me. So all the project managers kind of, kind of listen up on, on, on this one because it, it hit me kind of squarely at first. And then I started to think through it. They said the worst thing you can do on a project or on a team or something of that sort, this is Dr. Cialdini talking. He said, um, is you don't ask uh, about progress. And, and, and that, that hit me because I was like, dude, our whole job is getting status reports and where are you on this task and what's happening with this? So what do you mean you don't ask for progress? He says that there is a psychological effect that when, when somebody reports their progress, then they tend to breathe. They tend to take their foot off the gas. And he said, uh, so when you congratulate them and challenge them, 
don't don't congratulate them on progress. Don't go, you know, I'm so happy with the progress you guys are making, right? Because that that natural foot off the gas would, would come off. But congratulations, congratulate them on their commitment to the goal. So instead of saying, "Wow, you know, your progress is is amazing," you know, you should be proud. It's it's uh, I'm so happy how you know how much you're charging towards this goal, and I know we'll hit the goal um, if you continue this effort. So it's a slight change of words, um, but uh, you know, reflecting on my career and in how to influence teams and in understanding project management, everything is about the status of what happened last week, right? Versus really focusing on, on what's coming up in the future. Um, so take that for what it is that th those were some of my favorite quotes. I had, I had some quotes on the first show as well. Um, but, but the last one um, that, that I'll close with, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the last show, but it, it's worth repeating. Um, you know, I just had a, I, I just left a client this week. It closed the contract out. And, um, you know, if, if somebody leaves you who, who doesn't like your dream or the actions or the challenges that, 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 that you're creating, then you got to let them go. And if you let them go and, and be okay with that, then the, the, there's someone that's going to be, you, you, you've got an empty seat at the table, essentially, if you let them go, right? there's going to be somebody who's going to be standing at the door waiting to take that seat. And I've watched that happen time and time and time again. Um, and I actually signed a new client today uh, that I don't know I would have had the capacity to handle um, if I had this other contract. So it says when your dream or your challenge is bigger than the people that, that, that have just left your, your circle, then they're not going to be able to come back in. You're, you're going to continue to grow faster and, and at a more challenging pace. Um, and so I'm going to leave you with that thought and let you guys think through that. Um, as always, I appreciate this audience so much. Um, the, the, the amount of emails and, and things I get on LinkedIn and Twitter is just, it, it's incredible. So let me know what you thought about these shows. Uh, I, I've always got an open ear and um, look forward to, to hanging out and, and talking to you guys again. Uh, next Friday is going to be spring break Friday. So we'll, we'll do something fun with that. And then we start with a, a regular cadence of guests again. Uh, and we've got some amazing, amazing guests lined up. I can't even wait to, to tell you about all of them. So with that, that's our teaser. Uh, please stay on to the network. Listen to the next show. There's phenomenal people with a lot of great information that's coming your way. Uh, and we'll be here right again next Friday, 4 o'clock on Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.